Hey, it's Caitlin. Hey, it's Abigail. Welcome Welcome to to The Gutsy Gutsy Truth. We believe that change is easier when you are not alone. Through practical advice, personal stories, and expert insights, we offer strategies, empowerment, and a supportive community for you to turn to for guidance and motivation on your journey to living your best life. Let's dive in. Well, hello, everyone. We are so thrilled you are here today with us because I've been talking about this woman for I don't know how long on the podcast, but we have my doctor, Dr. Ginsburg, here today with us. Welcome to The Gutsy Truth. Hello. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. So we're so excited to have you on the podcast today because I have learned so much from you and my journey and what I've been going through these Um, last year and a half. And we wanted you to kind of come on and talk about hormone imbalances and all things functional medicine. So before we dive into that, can we just hear about your story, who you are and um, what you do? Sure, sure. So I am an MD board certified standard OBGYN who was sailing down that allopathic way, taking care of patients when in I hit about 40 years old. I'd been practicing for about 10 years, and at 40, two big things happened to me. I had two kids at that point, one who was about three and a half or four, and one who was six, who basically had had big language issues uh, when they were young. My, my first son didn't talk till he was three and a half, and my second son had no language, nothing at all, when I was 40 years old at five. He had no verbal language at all and no comprehensive language. And I took them to the Texas Medical Center and every doc you can imagine and, and hearing and speech. And basically for, for the big one, they told me he had processing issues. And the little one, they told me that he had an IQ of 47, was severely mentally retarded and would never talk. At that exact same time, the Women's Health Initiative, which said hormone replacement therapy is a problem back in 2002 came out. So women were throwing out their hormones. So I was 40, working like crazy, trying to deliver babies, dealing with these two kids that had learning problems and poor, miserable menopausal women that are going, okay, I threw my hormones out three months ago. Now I feel terrible. So there was a little compounding pharmacy around the corner from me that was talking about bioidentical hormones. And I went over and and he educated me a little bit. He said, these are cleaner, they're better. Think about it for your patients. Shows you how long ago it was. He gave me a DVD. I don't, a lot of people don't even know what that is. So I I actually still have my my CD player and my my little cassette track, but but he gave me a DVD and I, I watched a couple lectures on this and started to prescribe a little bit of the hormones. Meanwhile, I had learned a little bit about nutrition and Sheila, who you guys had on your podcast, was my patient. Had I delivered her second baby, we used to talk about nutrition and health and things she was learning in school. And uh, she was working for me part time at that point. And she was kind of using nutrition with patients. And and I was worried about these bioidentical hormones. And we decided we're going to hurt somebody. We don't know what we're doing. We got to go to a conference. So I Googled bioidentical hormone conference and the American Academy of Anti-Aging came up. And Sheila and I got on a plane, flew to Vegas to the conference, and we were just sucked into this whirlwind. They talked about vitamin D and the microbiome and, and nutritional support and hormone imbalances in aging and in young people and polycystic ovarian syndrome and how lifestyle affects that. And we just never looked back. 
I remember because they offered a whole kind of course and all and learning. And I think it was 10 or $15,000. And I was holding the credit card as Sheila and I left. And she goes, just give him the card. You know, we're going to do it. <laughs> so we went through the conference together and then we went through sort of the program and began to learn more and more. And as I came back to Houston, as we came back to Houston, I started not only to use the bioidentical hormones on my patients, but I took everything I learned about diet and gut and testing and microbiome testing and nutrient deficient testing and worked on it on my kids. And I watched them change. And now to this day, I have my 28 year old, my older one is in medical school, about to graduate medical school. And my younger one is now the one that they said was retarded is in graduate school at Baylor. And he's working towards getting his EDD and teaching his doctor of teaching. So it really changed my life. I saw my kids change. And so in my practice, I couldn't get to the point anymore where somebody said they didn't feel good and just say, okay, well, go home and take care of yourself. And I was like, well, why don't you do this test? Or, or if you know, you've had your third miscarriage, why don't we try to look at your microbiome? And it just really exploded. And I got to the point where a, a few years ago, I was doing, still delivering babies. I was 53 back then, a couple years into menopause, even though I was on hormones, I was up all night, still doing surgery, trying to do functional medicine, training for my third Ironman. And that's when my blood pressure went through the roof. That's when I got overtrained and overstressed. So I backed off on all of that. And now we just do functional medicine full time. I said, I gave 25 years to the OB-GYN world and, uh, and now my, my call days are over. So now we do this full time and, and we, I try to do videos. I try to educate as much as I can, because I think the more somebody understands what their problem is and doesn't see it as a disease state that somebody else needs to fix the better that person does a on their own. And I think the better they do even with their doctor, because they're not, they're not going to see their internist or their endocrinologist, or like I see so many people that go, I've been to 10 different doctors that tell me my thyroid is fine and they're frustrated. But if they understand that the tip in the thyroid can be related to the gut bugs and that can create a little dysregulation, even though your labs look normal and that can mess with your cycles we can nutrient work with them or or detox or whatever we need to do. And then the system rebalances itself. And much like your own journey, that you become successful. Yeah. Yeah, that's 100% true. I feel like if you've listened to um, episode one that I talk about my story with infertility, like I talk about how basically I went from feeling like a victim in the system of being told I have to do IVI or IUI to have a child to learning about functional medicine and being like feeling like I'm the the leading lady in my own life where I'm taking ownership and I feel like I have control over what's happening to me as opposed to like being poked and prodded and told to take this and that. And, and as a, and now it's like, I feel so more empowered along the journey that I've been living on because I've have the knowledge and information and the tools to make a difference of how I'm feeling. And even in the, the IUI IVF world, you know, they may say, okay, you can't get pregnant. You need Clomid. Okay. You failed that you need shots. Okay. You failed that you need IVF. And then you wind up unexplained failed IVF. You know, I don't think there are too many rats or squirrels that have unexplained IVF. So they get pregnant, right? The animals just, they work with circadian rhythms. Their, their system does what it's supposed to do. And because of that, they don't have infertility they get pregnant. So, so I've always hated that unexplained infertility with IVF. And, and I use the example that pregnancy is expensive. 
-hmm. It's expensive for your body. And, and, and I'm happy to talk a little bit. I'd like to talk a little bit to, to help everybody that's listening, understand sort of the lifestyle um, meets life cycle of female hormones, because it's really, it's expensive to have a baby. So if the body goes, Ooh, I don't know, my vitamin D is an issue and I don't have enough nutrients and my B12 is low and I can't turn my own gut cells over and my sleep is dysregulated and cortisol is a problem. The body's going to take a step back and go, I'm not having a baby in this. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really think if you look at things that way, that's where infertility comes from. And, and even irregular periods, right? Animals, I always use the bear example, will develop polycystic ovarian syndrome before she hibernates. Because when the sun is out and everything is balanced and the carbohydrates are there and they're playing in the meadows, it's good. Well, then all of a sudden winter comes, the bear has to become insulin resistant. She has to get higher levels of testosterone so she can defend her cub in the winter, just like Paleolithic women did. Testosterone elevates, PCOS ensues, cycles get irregular, you sleep for the winter, you hibernate, you burn through your glucose, you wake up in the spring, everything's wonderful, and now you ovulate and have a baby. So, so it's, it's really about what the system sees, especially in the age group of, it, of fertility, like 20, 21 to about 35, it's what the system sees, and that's how the hormones will balance. Yeah. And if you bring to your system dysfunction, then that's where the tip is off. Yeah. Gosh, that's so, so fascinating. And I just love geeking out about this because now yeah. that I'm, I'm learning more about hormone imbalances and functional medicine, like I, I'm just eager to continue to learn more. So I love how you explain things and break it down. So I kind of wanted to start on something very basic of just what what are hormone imbalances and how can you identify them? Like, how do you know that those are going on in your body? So, so I want everybody to think of hormones as like a chemical messenger, right? It's a lock and key. You have to give a message to the cells. So this every trillions of cells in your body that have a nucleus, that's the brain of the cell. They have the mitochondria. Everybody learned about that in high school, the powerhouse of the cell. And then they have other organelles floating around and that's all encased in a membrane that is actually made of lipids or fats. Now, you don't get up in the morning in a 90 degree temperature and go outside in a fur coat because your skin says, hmm, it's warm. I think I better put on short sleeves. So the cell has to be, has to be identified every day or something has to tell the cell what's going on for the big picture. So there's a receptor, which would be the lock on the cell that the key, the estradiol, progesterone, DHEA, cortisol, am I making a baby? Am I building a house? Am I running from the tiger? Um, uh, testosterone, those vitamin D, fatty acids, all have to hook onto the cell to give the message to the inside. So the way the system works is when you are born, you have very little to no functioning estrogen or progesterone. I always say, if you took your four-year-old kid, shaved its head, put it on over, put it with on a pair of overalls, have you had a boy and a girl, they'd look exactly the same, right? When I delivered babies, you didn't look at what the baby was from the head. You waited till the whatever came out and you said, oh, now it's a boy or a girl. So kids are sort of generic blobs, if you would, because their hormones are low. Mm -hmm. Now, what starts to happen, everybody thinks that the brain triggers the ovaries to ovulate. That is not what happens. In puberty, I want you to think of the brain still sleeping 
and maturing. That's why, that's why late kind of nine, 10, 11, and into adolescence, you'll see a lot of craziness because the brain needs hormones to function, but the brain is still maturing. But meanwhile, the ovaries woken up at 10 or 11 years old and says, man, I could do whatever I want. It follows the circadian rhythms and the sun and the moon. So you sort of got a brain that's all over and an ovary that's all over. And that is why one minute you talk to your 15 year old and you feel like you're talking to a normal person. And the next day you feel like you're talking to a doorknob because their hormones are fluctuating and you need the brain to function. So I see that even in my own kids now where I look and I go, oh my God, it was 20, 21, 22, when even boys, the, the testes kind of circulate also. So, so it's, it's brain maturity at 21 that now the brain turns around and says to the ovaries, and we'll use girls for this conversation, that says, I'm the boss ovary, you do now what I tell you. So now the ovary's afraid, the brain's mature. So you have dysfunctional hormones, yes, when you're in puberty, but things balance because the brain now is big and mean and scary. So until about 40, the brain is gonna say, okay, rip the duct tape off ovary, ovulate like I tell you, go back to sleep when I tell you and make a baby every month. Now, that is your reproductive years. The brain is mean, the brain yells at the ovary, but again, when the ovary wakes up and the duct tape gets ripped off, if everything it looks at is not optimal, it says, yell at me all you want, I'm not having a baby in this. Mm -hmm. And then what happens, very important to remember, here's where hormone imbalance comes from. So you're an imbalanced puberty, nothing's gonna help that. You gotta try to just feed the puberty kid as best as you can, get it some sunshine and live with it until it hits about 19 or 20. When now we're in our adult times, we want to make the ovary happy. So we want to make sure that the system around is good, that the microbiome's happy, that the, that the again, the, the nutrients are where they need to be. The ovary will take cholesterol and it will turn it into testosterone initially. When it is happy, it will then pivot and make estrogen or estradiol. When it is not happy, it pulses testosterone. Now, the female body has more testosterone than estrogen anyway. No matter how old you are, once you hit puberty and that ovary starts working, you always make more testosterone than estrogen. But what happens in childbearing or reproductive years from 20 to about late 30s, early 40s, you're making more estrogen than you are in menopause. So you make enough estrogen that you close the gap. But again, if, test, if the ovary's not happy and it makes higher amounts of testosterone, then it will pulse that high testosterone to the central nervous system and you'll get a dysfunctional ovulation. And that's your patient that says, I have irregular periods. If the system is a little bit off, and the gut bugs aren't happy, and they turn around and say, man, I can't handle this situation. I can't, I'm not detoxing. I don't have enough nutrients to do that. And all of a sudden now you get this bump of testosterone and a bump of estrogen. Now the gut bugs can't handle it. The estrogen backs up and that lady has heavy periods. So everything that's making her dysfunctional is because of what's surrounding her. That is generally your hormone imbalance until you're 40. Now, is there something called premature menopause? Absolutely. Are there women 
whose brain gets a little overbeat up from inflammation and life and what we call the cost of doing business just existing on our planet. Younger? Yes. Will they lose connection to the ovaries younger? Yes. Are there people at 37 that have ovarian failure? Yes. Those are not common. Usually when that person at 35, 36 thinks she has a hormone imbalance or the 25-year-old can't get pregnant, most of the time the ovary has chosen because of what it's bathed in not to have a baby. Now at 40, mid-40s, visualize that the brain is getting older, the central nervous system is sleepier, the ovaries go, you're not the boss of me anymore, I can do whatever I want, put a bunch of 45-year-olds around a table and everybody's got a different story because everybody's all over the place differently. Everybody detoxes different. So now one lady had an ablation, one had a hysterectomy, one's on pills, one's not having period with hot flashes, one is. So that's a real imbalance that comes again until you get into ovarian failure. So, and that's menopause. So, so for the most part, understand that there's a roller coaster when you're in those teen years, but you really have to look at that teenager's diet. You, even your kids, you know, if you've got somebody with ADHD or ADD or, or dyslexia, comprehensive, whatever it is, that is hormones meets gut all rolled up into one. So, so in that age group, you want to get that gut as clean as possible. And always remember, you brought your genetics also to the start line. So if great, 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 great dinosaur grandma came from times of starvation, you're going to get insulin resistant and blood sugar dysregulated easier. And your next door neighbor may not have it as bad as you do, but that's your genetics. So it's that combo together that really creates that imbalance. And that's why what we do is we're very quick to say, okay, I'll check your hormones if it makes you feel better. But most of the time, if you see a high testosterone and remember, even remember hormone numbers. When LabCorp does a lab normal range, all they're doing is taking 10 million people that walk through their door, say in a situation of somebody with testosterone levels, they've taken 10 million women that have walked through their door, they've dumped the bottom 5% and dumped the top 5%. So that's where say that range from eight to 50 of testosterone is. But an uncomplicated normal testosterone in somebody that can have a baby in blood is 21. So you can look normal in your labs. Your standard OB-GYN is going to go, your numbers are fine, kind of like what happened with you. And then boom, the next thing you go, well, why can't I get pregnant if my numbers look normal? Yeah. So, so it's, it's really a combination of, yeah, if you're diseased and your testosterone is you know, 85 maybe that'll stand out a little bit or even higher if you have a tumor or something along those lines. But a lot of times your labs are going to look normal because the system is just in a bit of a dysfunctional roller coaster. Yeah. That was like the most baffling thing for me with my journey. It was like, went to my regular doctor and they're like, did the blood work? And they're like, oh, you're fine. I'm like, well, obviously I'm not, if I'm not having a period and I can't get pregnant. And so that was like something I learned. I was like, did you know that your the normal you know, ranges for your, your blood isn't actually optimal? Hi friends. I just want to take a quick moment and thank today's sponsor, Flash Marketing Solutions. Flash Marketing Solutions provides full-service website and marketing solutions. They focus on your website so you can focus on your core business. I'll be honest with you, friends. When we first started The Gutsy Truth, the idea of building a website sounded super fun, 
that quickly became a daunting task. But thanks to Flash Marketing Solutions, they got our website built, freeing up hours of our time to focus on the podcast. If you're ready to be gutsy and need a website for your business or blog or whatever you're hoping to do, we recommend Flash Marketing Solutions. Visit flashmarketingsolutions.com slash gutsy for more information. That's flashmarketingsolutions.com slash gutsy. And right now, all new website clients get the first year of hosting for free. Thank you so much, Flash Marketing Solutions. If you are enjoying the podcast and want to support our mission to empower and inspire people everywhere, we would love for you to consider becoming a Patreon member. By supporting us on Patreon, you are helping us to continue to create valuable content and build a supportive community for listeners like you who are choosing to live a gutsy life. Visit thegutsytruth.com slash support to learn more. So I guess, how does birth control fit into this? Because if you listen to my story, I talk about how I have PCOS and my doctor was like, here's, here's birth control to regulate your periods and stuff. And so I was on it for a short period of amount of time, but I feel like so many women, that's like what they're prescribed or they take it because they want clearer skin or it's going to help regulate their, their period. So how does that play into all this? So birth control, I think, was a very big gift to women because it created right sexual freedom. I mean, that's yeah. it. if you didn't right. want to have a baby, you could take birth control and not have a baby. Yeah. So that to me was a wonderful invention. The problem is, is that it takes responsibility out of your ovaries. So if I give birth control to my 90 year old grandmother, she will have normal periods because all it's doing is pulsing estrogen into the uterus pushing a progestin next to it, which is a fake progesterone, and then dropping the levels out. So you fluff a little lining, you balance it from bleeding, and when the levels drop, you spot. If you lower the estrogen dose enough, the estradiol progestin balance, the uterus is in the middle of like a tug of war. It doesn't even make any blood and you don't even have a period. So, so birth control high doses that were there years ago when I was young, when I was a resident, we used to have much higher doses of this estradiol and birth control pills. But unfortunately, oral estrogen goes through the liver and it is very difficult on the system. So the, the benefit of it is it controls your periods. The negative is, is that you need B6, B12, folate, zinc, mag. You just need a ton of nutrients to process it. It is very expensive to process it through. So it is very easy to develop a vitamin deficiency, especially a B vitamin deficiency, when you take the birth control pill. Now, what I think probably happened is years ago when pills first came out, they were super high doses of estrogen and women were getting blood clots. Over the last years, they've dropped the doses down enough so that it's not quite as brutal on the liver. So therefore you don't get blood clots as much. You keep your nutrients. And the reason you get blood clots is because you use your clotting protein. So the, the, the proteins that you have that keep your blood thin get used to process oral estrogen. So that's why you tend to lean in the clotting direction. That was why at 35, if you smoked, we took everybody off the pill. All right, that's okay. I don't want to have a baby. I'm just going to take the pill. Now, what the pill does is it's a high dose of estrogen, even in the low doses relative to what's in your body. 
your, your hormones exist in your body bound to these carrier proteins. So visualize that, that, that hormones can't swim in blood. The, the real reason is hormones are, are fat dissolvable. They just don't mix in water, like oil and vinegar don't mix. So they need to be stuck in a boat in order to be moved around the body to get to the tissues. We call that boat sex hormone binding globulins. And they will bind hormones. So not too much goes in the brain, not too much goes in the liver, everything's good. When you take a birth control pill, you dump a high amount of estrogen into your bloodstream. So the body has a panic attack and says, I'm not letting all that estrogen get into my tissues. So you increase the sex hormone binding globulins. So now, and they're gonna start picking up extra estrogen, but guess what they pick up along the way? Testosterone. So now you're somebody who's gut, blood sugar, circadian rhythm dysregulated. The ovary turns around and says, not a chance, I'm not having a baby in this. It pivots and makes high amounts of testosterone, and then you have higher amounts of free testosterone and you have acne and hair growth. And what do we call that? PCOS. Remember, PCOS is not COVID. You don't get it. Your body has just developed it. The whole concept of high androgens, irregular periods, right? The, the medical community has just hung a label on those symptoms. Mm-hmm. But, but realistically, it's just the pivot of what your own body has done. So now you've got high free testosterone and acne and irregular cycles. What do you think happens if I give you birth control pills? Not only now have I taken control of your uterus, but what I've done is I've put more sex hormone binding globulins in. So now your free testosterone goes down because you pick up extra testosterone. So now your face clears, mm-hmm. right? When, when, when people with acne and PCOS take spironolactone, All that's doing is preventing the testosterone from turning into dihydrotestosterone, which is what gives you pimples. It's just what the body makes to to masculinize you more. So if you are, if you have irregular periods and you go to the doctor and, and my OBGYN colleagues, remember they're dealing with doing a pap, taking care of HPV, worried about preterm labor, worried about the lady that miscarried, worried about the twins, worried about the hysterectomy, then the OR is late, then this person's yellow. I mean, no, it's, it's a, it's a, there's too much in one specialty. Yeah. So now what happens when you go in with these irregular periods, if mom brings the teen in and they go, oh, I'm going to draw your blood, your testosterone's up a little, or if you have irregular periods, even if the numbers are normal, they're like, oh, I'm going to give you the pill. And, and because they don't, explain the nutrition stuff behind it. Now you magically have normal cycles, but you've band-aided a broken leg. Now you're going to get more into a B vitamin deficiency. You're going to mess more with your microbiome. You're going to mess more with your binding globulins. So you may carry that, that birth control pill through, but now you wake up at 32 years old and you turn around and say, oh, now I want to have a baby and you have infertility problems. Mm -hmm. So Problem number one is whatever you brought to the start line, you've never improved. So when you go off the pill, you're back to that. And what I also think happens is if even if you have normal periods and let's say you're 19 or 18 and you go off to college and now you go on the pill, well, you're drinking beer and you're eating pizza and you're not eating vegetables and you're not really eating clean. And then you meet your boyfriend and then you get married and now you're 29 and your body has just disintegrated with 
your lifestyle. And sometimes it's not people's fault. You decided to work the night shift. You're, you know, you go to happy hour with your friends, but now you go off the pill at 29 and the system has been so beaten and you haven't really focused on it that a lot of people blame the pill. Yeah. And I, 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 I think you can't blame one thing. I hear a lot of people talk about post pill and problems with the pill. I think again, no one thing is ever a problem. It's, it's your genetics meets your lifestyle meets your gut. And what happened when you woke up at 29 and your system again said, not a chance. I'm not having a baby. In this. Yeah. yeah. And I think a huge part of that is just a lack of education. Yeah. Like, cause I, you're, you're not taught like, Hey, if you're on the pill, take this vitamin B supplement, or let's talk about your nutrition. Are you eating your fruits and vegetables? Like that was never a conversation that I had with my doctor. And so I think that's one of the reasons we wanted to have you on because there's so much that's not being taught to women about hormones and health and nutrition. And I think we just, we were desperate to get answers. And when we go to the doctor, sometimes we just don't feel like we're getting them or just the system itself isn't structured in such a way that they can sit down with doctors and get all the details that they need. And so I don't think there's any judgment about the pill at all. And it can be really beneficial for people, but it's just that lack of information Mm -hmm. and education that is going on that I think is so, so important. And don't treat somebody with PCOS with the pill. I think that's the problem. Yeah. The person with PCOS needs to be told you have irregular periods because of this problem. You need to clean up your gut. You need to clean up your diet and then you'll get better rather than patch it. I think that's an issue. But I also think, and, and I feel very strongly about this because we see a lot of patients that, that you, you, you don't come to our office without giving me two days of food. And I have a lot of people that I tell them, you got to clean up your diet. And they tell me, no, right. too hard. Yeah. I'm too busy. I, I can't. And you know, I, I believe me, I felt it. I was a really busy OBGYN and I had to turn our entire life around when I had kids with learning problems. Mm-hmm. But I, I really think that that that's something that people, the internet's got a lot of information about eating clean or, or just realize that what you eat shouldn't really come out of a package too often. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, then you can go into your doc a little more prepared saying, I'm walking or I'm running or I'm lifting or I'm doing yoga and I'm eating my vegetables and I'm not eating too much packaged stuff. So, so I think there needs to be a global hello, people, we need to kind of wake up and stay away from the garbage, even though it's good sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's really sad when Abigail and I bring our lunch and we're like eating our colorful salads and all this stuff. And it's that, that, that isn't the norm is, is heartbreaking because I like, we've learned how amazing food is and how it truly is medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's, you know, we want to educate people on the importance of that and just how like I feel like my body's literally been transformed in a year and a half of doing this. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dr. Ginsburg, like I literally have probably never had like a normal period in my life. And like this last week I had spotting for five days in a row, which yeah. has never yep. happened. Never. Yeah. And that's because of the changes I made. But as Sheila talked about when we interviewed her, like you have to find your why. Mm-hmm. Yes. And my why is strong. I want to be a mom. Yeah. And so I've literally done everything to make it and make it happen. Mm -hmm. And now I'm fine. Like it's, but, and it's been a process, but I'm seeing the, the reward of the time and effort that I put into transforming my lifestyle. Yeah. Well, I think, um, so my favorite thing that Sheila said was if you put junk in, you get junk in yourself. (laughs) Yes. I'm on a t-shirt. 
that says that. And I agree. I totally agree. I think that that to me said it all. But what I also think is, remember, there's lifestyle issues that sometimes you can't fix. Like I have some people that say, you know, well, well, when I went to Colorado for the summer, you know, I had normal cycles and I did fine and I was hiking and it was clean. And now that I'm back to Houston, it's a problem. So sometimes you go, maybe you should move. Now, I don't know that I could pick my life up and move to Belize and sell surfboards on the beach. You know, that would be great. And then I could eat fresh fish and then I'd be in a circadian rhythm and I would be grounding. So, so sometimes we can't do that. What I think, and I want people to realize I'm not even, I'm not anti-medicine. So maybe like in your situation, what the key would be, I'm going to do everything right, but I still have a job that's inside. I'm not outside 24 seven. So in that situation though, you're bringing sort of, I'm a runner, you're bringing better clothes, better sneakers, better train, better everything to the start line. So maybe you do need a little support along the way, but now you're putting Clomid into a system that is so much healthier Mm -hmm. that your cost of doing business has gone down. So now you may need a little hit or you may need a little bit of an insemination or you may need shots because again, you do have genetics that, that, what our surroundings are, are affected. I I have an Alexa who every once in a while goes, you know, air quality bad today. What am I supposed to not breathe? Yeah. So I think we got, you got to keep that in mind. And I want everybody listening to say, Hey, max who you are. And again, maybe you do need a little bit extra help, but now that'll work. Right. Yeah. You've got to wind up pregnant. Exactly. You've got to create the entire environment for your body to thrive. And like you said, like, if you really think about it, like Caitlin, I've talked, like when you really start thinking about all the toxins in your life, you kind of want to burn your house down and live in the woods. Well, that's not a reality for me. (laughs) And so, yeah, you've got to just do what you can, what you can control, you know, so if you you can control your food, you can control your beauty products you put on and like how you move your body and drink water and get sunshine. But yeah, at the end of the day, if you live in a city, yeah, you have no control of the air quality outside, but being outside and getting some sunshine is way better than staying indoors and not moving at all. Um, Correct. Yeah, and, and I tell people the body's got a cost of doing business. Yeah. And that's what you have to think of and right. what you got to do in your own life and everything, you know, your whatever it is, your household, you got to lower your cost with inflation up. Everybody's got to lower their cost of doing business. Right. So you can't not eat, but what can you do to make it better? And, yeah. and depending upon what your state of being is and what is what you focus on. And I think if the focus is heavier there, the mm-hmm. hormones will follow. Oh yeah. I mean, just my own journey. I, I, you know, my, I have more of a postpartum journey of my hormone imbalances. My daughter's four now, but like create, like I went through crazy anxiety and a little bit of thyroid imbalances and hormone imbalances. And I just knew like post my child, I was like, I don't feel right. And everyone's like, well, you had a baby. You're, this is just how you are. I'm like, this doesn't seem normal. (laughs) And so like just learning how to navigate that and then how to just like I I feel like all this, people just need to have more conversations about it. So I guess my question to you is like, do you feel like the medical system in any way, shape or form is now starting to have more conversations? Um, Like, like Caitlin said, like, okay, if you want to be on birth control, that's fine. But here's some things you should know. You need to really like up your vitamin intake and do these things to help support your body. Like, do you think it's, I think most of the, yeah, I think most of the medical system, unfortunately is still sick focused sure. because I think you can't, you can't afford honestly in, and, and, and again, I go back to what Sheila said, cause she said it so beautifully. You have 
to keep the lights on. You have to get your computer HIPAA okay. You have to, mm-hmm. like, like when, when we ran, when I ran the big OB Gen business, you know, I had a bunch of people at the front desk and then you have your medical assistant and then I'd have to buy malware and spyware. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you have to update this and that. And, and then insurance is constantly cutting back on reimbursement. So if a pap smear say pays $125 and you got to pay the doctor and pay the surgery scheduler and pay the front desk and pay the medical assistant and pay the light bill and pay the cleaning people and pay malpractice. So you, you wind up at a point where you do have to say, okay, I'm seeing you for your well woman. And that's what it is. You're going to come in. You're going to tell me if anything's a problem so we can reschedule that. Mm-hmm. And then I will do your basics. I'll do your pap. I'll do your pelvic. We'll make sure your mammogram's good. You're good. But then the patient has to come back and say, okay, I have irregular periods. What can I do for this? Mm-hmm. Now in the doctor's situation, what can happen is I could turn around and go through, say the PCOS. And then even if you see your medical doctor, they would say, okay, you've got to work on your nutritionist. But then the patient needs to say, okay, I'm going to go see a nutritionist and insurance doesn't cover that. And a lot of times people don't want to pay. So that's, I think, where you get behind the eight ball. You know, there's an old movie called uh, Doc Hollywood with Michael J. Fox. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. And remember, he's the doctor in the town and he's, you know, reading the, the, to this people and he's, he's was reading their mail and this one, he's, he's fixing the arm and then he's taking the pig for a walk. So, so years ago, right. The, you had a town where everything was just, if you were really sick, you went to the doctor Mm -hmm. and there was one doc that could handle all of it, but people didn't go for fatigue and they didn't go for, I'm, you know, anxiety or I, I have insomnia. I mean, you just didn't do that. And the other problem that you're having now is that the things that people want fixed, sometimes medicine can't fix, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can't move in with you and I can't deal with, you know, if you have all these stressors going on, that's going to give you a little bit of a hormone imbalance. And sometimes that's what happens in life. So I think if people look at their physician as this is a problem but then they open up and go, okay, I don't have anything medically wrong, right? I'm, I'm, it's like when I was overtrained. Mm-hmm. When I was, I was training for Ironman and delivering babies and up all night and two years into menopause. And even though I was taking hormones, I, my system changed. Right. Menopause changes you. I couldn't handle it anymore. And we were always a small OB-GYN practice. So I was probably up maybe three nights a week delivering babies and not sleeping. And then anybody that's lived with that pager for 25 years, know you get PTSD from it because you never know when it's going to go off and you never get a good night's sleep. So I went to work one day and had a terrible headache. I didn't feel good. And they took my blood pressure and it was 160 over 110 Mm. and I was shaking. And so I immediately went to the ER yeah. Right. The ER guy gave me, I think, Benadryl or Ativan. The guy took one look at me. Of course, they did a drug screen. Right. Make sure that I was, which thank God was, <laughs> of course. But I mean, other than that, the dude said it was great. He said, you're a mess. And that's what it was. Now, yeah. I went to rule out sickness. They ruled out adrenal tumors because I had such blood pressure spikes. I went to cardiology. I did a stress test. I got my head scanned. I had an MRI. I was convinced I had a brain. I mean, I was sick. And then I went to endocrinology. So that was their job. And those people did their job. They told me I didn't have a brain tumor. uh, You know, Dr. Bocalandro, who I think is wonderful. She's an endocrinologist. She said, Diane, your labs are normal. So that's medicine's job. It was my job to turn around then and say, okay, 
I got to back off. I'm overtraining. Mm-hmm. I got to work on healing again. I started to go to yoga. Yoga saved my life. I was able to move my body without doing too much. But but I worked. I was pretty good with my nutrition. I made sure I got even cleaner with my diet. So I don't know that medicine can ever go there because it's their job to really sew your arm back on right. if it gets cut off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a really good like distinction to talk about is like, the, the difference between like, okay, you're, you're, you're sick. We're going to get you healthy to you're healthy. Let's get you to optimal health. as kind of like you talk about, right. and that's a, mm-hmm. that's a big difference. And yeah. so we can't expect this as one system to do it all. Um, we, and, and working with you is truly learning optimal health and getting your body to, you know, functioning at the optimal range it, want, it needs to. And so I think that is just an important reminder because it's, you know, I feel like for, for so long, I was like frustrated and upset with my previous doctors. I'm like, well, why didn't you teach me this? Why, why did you give me the birth control? And I eventually had to like let go of that anger and frustration and say that wasn't their job. I'm, I'm, I'm moving on and, and having some peace with this. And now I know what I know and I'm going to be, you know, you know, thankful for what I know now and put that into practice. And it links a little bit just because of the, the age of, I think a lot of people are living and what you up with part of question. So it really goes back to the same thing. So there's certain genetics that are slow offloaders of estrogen and you have all this estrogen when you have your baby and you've given your baby so much, you've given them B6, B12, folate, right? All your, your, like I said, your zinc, your mag, your, your B1, your B2, all your antioxidants, right? You've given that to the baby. So now what happens is after that baby comes out, you have all this leftover estrogen that has to be offloaded. Well, the problem is the same enzyme that controls your serotonin dopamine, how well you feel also offloads estrogen. So if your gut's a little off and you get pregnant, but you manage to stay just in front of the eight ball, but that's your genetics, then you have this baby. Now you go through the trauma of delivery and they give you the kit, right? Because you keep it for a while so you can heal. They send it home with you. So now you're up all night and you have to feed it. Oh my God, years ago, thank God we feed people now. Years ago, we used to do C-sections. So if you had like a 7.30 C-section on Monday, you got jello Tuesday morning. Now we've gotten a lot more aggressive Mm. with that. But think about it. You would be starving Mm -hmm. with no nutrients. They give you the baby. They tell it to breastfeed. If you're a new mom, you're like, oh my God, I I, I remember changing Andy the first time. I'm like, I hope I don't break his arm. So (laughs) you're right. You're so overwhelmed. Right. So now not only are your neurotransmitters all over, but if you're somebody who's a little weaker in this enzyme, Mm -hmm. she says, I cannot deal with your brain right now. I have to offload this estrogen. Boom. You get a postpartum crash. Mm -hmm. So, so if you, if you enter pregnancy better, there's less of a chance of that. I'm totally not against meds because if serotonin and dopamine aren't balanced and you're feeling it and somebody needs some Lexapro support or, or Prozac support, I think those meds are reasonable to help, help you balance in the acuteness of the state. But I think if you then take a step back, baby gets a little, okay, now I'm not going to kill it. It's five, six weeks old. I can try to get my life back in order again. Most of the time you can ease that postpartum, you can shorten it. Or again, you can, people understand more going into pregnancy. You can minimize the development of it all with your baseline of 
what you've done sort of outside the box of your doc. You can research it. You can see a functional medicine doc. You can see a naturopath. They're really good with kind of basic testing. A lot of the chiropractors will do that. They'll work. So there's a lot of support you can do in that to prevent a bad crash or an imbalance or anything. And, and then also the medical system isn't overloaded. Right. And I just wish that was more common knowledge. I mean, cause that was definitely, I mean, what you just described was, was me, you know, I was quote unquote, fairly healthy, you know, going into being pregnant, but yeah, I, I, I know my gut was probably a mess and I just, you know, kind of barely scraped by. And then, I mean, really postpartum is when everything hit me and it was yep. just, I mean, I was just this roller coaster of everything, you know, a little bit of all of it was really, was my, what I was dealing with. And so I just had to like, learn how to like clean up and rebalance. And, yep. um, and that was like, and then, like you said, it's hard because of course, you know, going on maternity leave is definitely not vacation. <laughs> it's right. not relaxing. And so now yeah, you're tired and you're stressed and you're figuring it out. But I just wish it was just like kind of more, you know, like that was my frustration. Like Caitlin talked about hers was just like, like no one talked to me like about like postpartum or rebalancing your hormones in general. They were just like, oh, you've had a baby. You just feel different now. And I just kept thinking like, what does that mean? Like, I don't understand this until, yeah, basically my, my sister-in-law who um, is a functional health coach, she was just like, yeah, it's you, your, your hormones are supposed to change obviously during pregnancy and during postpartum for like valid reasons. But if you don't help them get back to normal and help your body, then you're, it's never going to be back to normal, so to speak. And people are very, they're very well, well, they have to understand that toxic foods. So, so packaged foods like gluten itself is going to rip your gut up. But I have a lot of people that say, well, I'm not celiac. Well, that doesn't mean that gluten isn't ripping up everybody's gut. So if you're somebody who, again, life is kind of on the run. And like you said, you weren't super healthy going in. You thought you were. People go, I'm eating pretty clean. But then if you really look, you're lucky if they get half a cup of vegetables in every other day. And then if, if, if the, those gluten foods go in, but they go, oh, I don't have celiac and it's kind of ripping your gut up a little bit. And then the recovery, like anything else, just, just doesn't come. So I, mm. I think it's really important for people to understand, don't look for a diagnosis. Don't look for, oh, you have this gene. Oh, you don't have, just take a step back and say, hey, what can I do to control my system? And, and let me get away from the garbage and everything will balance back again. So do you feel like there's been an increase in hormone imbalances in the last 15, 20 years? Are we see, are you seeing more issues now than before? And if so, like what's causing all that? Yes, because I think our diets have gotten a lot worse. Okay. I think the teenage diet has gotten a lot worse. And you know, there's a lot of, it's, it's actually probably a vicious cycle. So the, if you, if you, there's a wonderful book, if anybody has any sleep issues or just wants to read a really cool, cool book, it's called why we sleep by Matthew Walker. He's a big PhD in sleep. It's I've read the book about eight times. It's fascinating. So what it'll tell you is that, that you're, you're a baby. And then when you get into teen years, you're supposed to have a different circadian rhythm than your parents, because if you didn't, then the teenagers would never be able to get together and become adults. So paleolithically, right, the parents would sort of go to sleep at nine and then the teens would stay up later so they could be together so they could then have sex and have kids and become adults and procreate in the tribe. And then the tribe would get watched more. So the teenage circadian rhythm is very different than what we forced them into. Mm -hmm. You don't 
go to bed at, you know, 11 or 12 and then get up and go to high school at 6, 630. Mm -hmm. So their, their sleep is getting compressed. This is hugely important. So if you've got a teenager or got somebody with issues, you, they got to be getting eight hours sleep. Now it makes it a little bit more difficult if their circadian rhythm doesn't want to go to bed at 10, but we can't really change high school. They did an experiment up North, I think Montana or, or Michigan, one of those States where they actually started high school, like at 10 or 1030, something like that. And car accidents were like cut in half because the kids are half dead, just driving to school. Yeah. It was fascinating. He talks about it all in the book. So, so I think some of what happens is now you have this, 15 year old machine, which is dysfunctional in its sleep. So it's kind of dysfunctional in its microbiome. Now what happens when you don't sleep? What do you become? Blood sugar dysregulates, muscle receptors change. You won't take insulin into the muscle. You won't take sugar into the muscle. So now blood sugar gets dysregulated. So what happens? The ovaries look and go, oops, not having a baby in this. We're not sleeping. Cortisol's a problem. And next thing you know, the hormones are imbalanced. And that hits you into your teen years because we see a lot of young kids or even in your early 20s because you've sort of taken that dysfunctional state into your early 20s now. So I think it's yeah, you could say the air is toxic and all those things around are worse, but I, I think there's a big part of that lack of circadian rhythm balance with good diet with the kids. Mm-hmm. And then the teen will go, well, I eat better than all my friends. Well, that doesn't matter. Your genetics are different and your body needs more support. So I think if we could get them sleeping a little better, get them off their phones, like get that better, I think you would bring a better state of being into the twenties. And I think you would see a lot less hormones. And then somebody we see, I see that'll go through and then, yeah, you get through baby one and baby two. And then what happens? I see a patient who's 36 say, and she goes, well, after my last baby at 32, I just never recovered. I was never the same. I just, you know, my system doesn't feel good because again, you, you make it, you make it, you make it until then you can't, and they just can't get out of it. So I, I just think it's a really a whole continuum. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like knowing what I know about functional medicine now, like it can, it sounds like if you're listening to this and have never heard any of this information, I think it can be very overwhelming, but at the same time, like there's hope. And what I love about working with Dr. Ginsburg and with Sheila is like, it's so specific to me as the, as the patient, like, like it's not like a cookie cutter, you know, regimen that you're giving to me. You've looked at my history, my genetics and all this different stuff to figure out how to approach the issues I've been having. And so if people are out there like struggling with things, like know that number one, there's help. And number two, like you, you're a partner that you're walking with every single one of your patients to help them understand what's going on and help heal. And so it's not something that you just get thrown at you and then, you know, no help and support along the way. And so I want people to make sure that they know that if they're looking for answers of whatever is going on with them. We always try to, I always try to find a balance too, because you don't want somebody to come in and just tell them, okay, here's your first step, right? Because then they're like, well, why should I do this? But then sometimes when we try to explain everything, people go, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. So, but we try to do like, I hope that listening to this, that we went over so much that people can listen to it a couple of times. So now whether you see us or, or any doc you see, you're, you're now going in a little more enlightened. So it's a little more overwhelming. And in anything we do, we always say, even before you see your doc or you do anything, just pick one thing and change it. 
Yeah. Say you're going to walk five minutes or 10 minutes a day. Returns, I'm just going to give packaged foods or I'm going to try to put two cups of vegetables in every day. You know, I, I did two um, Ironman in my life and I'm done with Ironman. I love to run, but I'm done with Ironman. But I remember being at the, I practiced and I was ready to go. And I, I remember being at the start line of Ironman Maryland in 2017 and I was fit and I was a machine ready to go in. And I got to the start line and I had a panic attack. And I started to cry and uh, some really nice lady was dragging her kids. She must've been there with her husband. And she came over to me and she said, it's okay. I know it's a little scary. She sort of let me, you know, and I couldn't see because now my sunscreen was in my eyes and she goes, just wipe your goggles on my shirt. And I cleaned them up and I put them on. She goes, go to the water and just get in and swim to that first buoy. And I, I said, thank you. That's exactly what I'm going to do. And I swam one buoy at a time. And I made it through the two and a half miles. And then I got said, just get on your bike. So, so, and then one step at a time. So I, I think it's, it's a real metaphor for life. I, I tell people live your life sort of one swim buoy at a time. And so if you pick one thing that you do and you just stick to that, you don't have to change everything else and you'll be less overwhelmed. Yeah, no, that's, I feel like really great advice, especially when it, when it comes to like, I still remember like telling my husband when I met with you and you're like, okay, I think you should try gluten-free dairy-free. And Bruce was like, uh, what, what do you mean? (laughs) And so like, but little by little, I figured out what that meant. And, and now it's like, I don't have to think twice about that now. And it's so easy and it comes naturally to me. And I, Mm. I can't imagine going back to how I was eating before anyway. And like before, yeah, definitely not. So it, it is possible and it, it is, you know, one step at a time for sure. No. And I think the big message we also give, remember, if you're having so much trouble going gluten-free, you're eating too much garbage. Right. Yeah. Because that's right. That shouldn't be a problem. You shouldn't have a panic attack because if I turn around and go, you're like, okay, well, gluten's going to be in a package, but you know what I'm eating my, and and my oldest son can't eat gluten, dairy or eggs. So my kid's going to eat a piece of leftover steak or chicken with a salad, with some potatoes, with some vegetables for breakfast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. he can't eat breakfast foods. So again, I think that if you're, if you have that panic attack, then maybe your issue is, all right, why am I having this? Mm-hmm. I should be eating better non-processed food. So now instead of having a regular cookie, I just go to the aisle and buy a gluten-free cookie, which I'm only going to have every once in a while also, because I just don't want to put all that garbage in. So if you, it's just a re perspective of everything. Yeah, definitely. Well, I guess, um, as we kind of wrap things up here, um, what, what is some encouragement that you can give to our listeners if they are just don't know where to begin or have, haven't found a doctor that's going to listen to them or like they, yeah, they just need some encouragement to kind of start their journey to feeling better. So the first thing I would say is Sheila and I do a ton of free videos. We've got a YouTube channel. We've got our website that has free videos and each of them is only about 10, 15 minutes. Like I did the Hashimoto's gluten connection and we did, you know, estrogen detox and sometimes even doing videos we're like, oh my God, what are we going to do that we haven't already done? And we talked about different thyroid balance. So one thing I should would recommend everybody to do is go over there. Everything's free because that's where you're going to self-educate where you can sit down and say, okay, now I understand a little why this is a problem, or here's 
you know, the, the five, three things I need to do to help my estrogen detox. So I'm going to do a scoop of say apple cider vinegar in the morning. I'm going to stand outside in the sun for 15, 20 minutes, and I'm going to make sure that I eat a cup and a half of salad. So, so this will give everybody, I think science needs tips to do. So it'll help you take that first step. So now you're not so overwhelmed. And then depending upon where your problem is, now you know, man, I'm a detox issue. So when you go to your doc, you, your doctor will rule out pathology. Okay, you have heavy, miserable periods. They do an ultrasound and you have terrible fibroids. I mean, there are medical problems. You have a big polyp in your uterus. So there are medical problems that can be fixed. But if you watch some of the videos and you learn the tip that everything or where you might be off, then your issue with your doc is, okay, they've ruled out a medical problem. The rest is up to me. So they come see Sheila or they see me or they find their own nutritionist or, or they go to their chiropractor who's been working on their neck and say, he's, you know, Hey, can you help me kind of with some gut stuff? Cause a lot of those docs will do a little bit all, but I, I think if you, we can start you out at a good learning journey, cause the more you bring to yourself, if you would, the less overwhelmed you'll be in your visits. Yeah, that's right. And I love the meal plans that you guys have on your website, which are free as well. Like those have been really, really helpful um, for me. So definitely check those out because they're a great place to start. Even if you don't feel like you have any hormone imbalances, they're just great resources for for clean, yummy food. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And sometimes you just have to think out. I mean, I shop with my cell phone. 20 years ago, when the kids were young, I never would have bought a bitter melon. Now I look and I go, what is this? And I Google, how do you cook a bitter melon? You shop with your phone. And the guy says, cut it into these pieces, throw some garlic, throw some oil, and you eat it. So so I, I, anytime I walk by the kids, I go hashtag and they'll go microbiome. So anything <laughs> that you think that's going to make your gut happy, the number one thing that's going to make you healthy is a diverse microbiome. Yeah. The more different bugs you got, the better you are. And the more different plants you put in, the better the bugs are happy. So shop with your cell phone and they'll show you how to cook everything from A to Z. Yeah. Well, there's a yeah. ton of resources out there these days. So yeah, definitely use them. Um, so Dr. Ginsburg, it's been so incredible having you on the podcast. Um, we ask all our guests, um, these two final questions. We want to know what has been something gutsy that you have been doing recently. So, so probably one of the biggest gutsy things that I, I mean, it was always gutsy fighting the man for my kids. You know, somebody yeah. sent me a, uh, a, 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 um, quote the other day that says hell hath no wrath like a mother who's told her child won't reach a milestone. Mm-hmm. So, so apps, that was probably a big part of it, but, but probably one of the biggest gutsy things I did was I did the Al- escape from Alcatraz triathlon and they basically put you on a boat, motor you to Alcatraz Island just outside of it. And they throw you in the water Oh my wow. and they tell you to swim to shore and there's no buoys and it's, you're kind of swimming the waves and you got to, you're very out of your element. You're, you're, you're focused on kind of swimming in and the Golden Gate Bridge is on the side and the, the waves are going and you really got to keep your wits about you. And yeah, there's the handful of people in the water kind of if you try to drown, but, uh, but it's an overwhelming experience where you just got to calm your brain and relax and kind of swim forward. So I, I think for me, the gutsiest thing is doing something like that and then being able to hold it together. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's... 
That is gutsy. I don't know if I could ever do that. <laughs> yeah, when I went to work after that, and I, one of my patients was there and I told them the story and I was like, that was really hard. And she goes, that's why they put the prison there. Yeah. <laughs> that wow. is so true. Yeah. No kidding. Oh my goodness. Um, okay. So our final question, and this is one of my favorites. What is something that you do that fills your bucket of life? Probably now my, I, I love seeing patients of all ages, but my really biggest passion that's filling my bucket is helping female aging. Mm-hmm. I think that it is such an empty space in the OB-GYN world. And I think that the population's aging and you're, and we know the connection of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and dementia to low hormones. And because the Women's Health Initiative hammered hormones so bad, and it was such a bad study, and it's all been pulled back now. Mm-hmm. It was it was done for, I don't know, money. The, the, the results were not statistically significant. So all these women in their 50s threw their hormones out, and their OB-GYNs today still telling women, oh, don't take hormones. So we know that just any type of hormone replacement decreases your chance of Alzheimer's by like 30%. So so I'm trying to get out there more and more where the ob just either doesn't have time or unfortunately, you know, the, the ob in their 30s and 40s and even late 40s, you know, they want to deliver babies. That's why they go into it. They're, they're really not passionate about reading about hormone replacement or sitting down and really getting to understand this, what this 55-year-old lady is going through. So I've really, I'm doing a ton of research. I'm really involved in anti-aging research. I'm, I'm really involved in hormones and getting the word out that they're safe and getting women comfortable. So they start hormone replacement young, you know, late forties, early fifties, when the perimenopause, menopause symptoms hit, because otherwise you're going to have this massive old demented population. And I worry about that for our kids. Hmm. They can't, the system can't handle it. So we've got to get, it's fine if you're going to live till 90, everybody wants to live long, but you can't live long sick. Our kids can't deal with that. Hmm. You have to be productive and healthy. And I, I hope to be productive and healthy and sort of just walk down the street, boom, and go down and I'm done. <laughs> but, but that's what, what, what we want to do. So, so I'm really working hard on videos and our new website is going to have a big class on hormones. So I can, so, so that I'm going to pre-record just to have data, understandable data that women can really absorb and go, okay, I'm comfortable with this. Let me get started. Cause that's really, really the big help of aging. And I just don't think the ob have time for it. Wow. That's fascinating. Oh yeah. (laughs) And I, I, it's your passion for all this comes through so strongly and I appreciate all the work that you're doing because it's very needed. And I wish I had started learning about this years ago. So that's why Abigail and I are so passionate about what we're doing here in the gutsy truth, because we want more women to know. So with that being said, where can our listeners find you and all the information that you have out there? So our YouTube, it's easy. It's Diane Ginsburg, MD. So our YouTube channel is Diane Ginsburg, MD. And if you type in www.dianeginsburgmd, the, uh, our website will come up. Sheila and, and Lisa and some of the girls in our office ca- kind of thought it was funny. And we call it the Ginstitute. So it's sort of a play on last name and something you can kind of feel positive about. But it's all under my name. And like I said, there's tons of free stuff on our website and on YouTube to really help everybody learn. And we're happy to, we've got education on our website classes that you can do and we're happy to want to whatever. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Ginsburg, for everything that you've done for me personally and for everything that you shared today. Um, I hope that everyone's um, been 
just soaking in all this information and they'll be able to walk away and make some positive changes in their life because of this. Well, I enjoyed it. And anybody need anything, we're happy to help us. Just one swim buoy at a time, right? Yes. Love that. Love that so much. Well, thank you so much again, Dr. Ginsburg. Thank you. Thank you guys. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Gutsy Truth. We are so thankful to have you here with us, and we hope today's episode was helpful and inspiring. Until next time, we encourage you to learn more at thegutsytruth.com, and we'd really appreciate it if you left a review on today's episode on your podcast streaming platform of choice. If you are enjoying the podcast and want to support our mission to empower and inspire people everywhere, we would love for you to consider becoming a Patreon member. By supporting us on Patreon, you are helping us to continue to create valuable content and build a supportive community for listeners like you who are choosing to live a gutsy life. Visit thegutsytruth.com support to learn more. And until next time, that's the gutsy truth. <laughs>